for God is truly the greatest thing you can do. Yes. Amen. It's, um, it's the best decision one can make in their life is to live for God. Uh, we're going to go to the Word of the Lord, and I want us to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to go uh, directly to verse number 24. Amen. Why don't we all stand for the reading of the Word of God here tonight? Just a few scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 24. And it says, it reads as such, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I'm not going to preach about husbands and wives tonight, but I'm going to preach about the glorious, beautiful church of God. Amen. The glorious, beautiful church of God. Why don't we set our Bibles aside and ask God to bless us here tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your word. God, I ask you to speak through my lips of clay. God, I ask you, Lord, to use me, Lord, for your glory and honor. Help me tonight to be able to articulate, God, to be able to communicate, Lord, the plan of God for the abundant life center of late of God. God, help me to project, Lord, the strength and the awesome power of Almighty God in this world, God, as you want to bring it about through the church of the living God. God, open our hearts and minds to be receptive to your word. We'll give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Amen. The glorious, beautiful church of God. Amen. Uh, An appreciation of the church and what it is should be constantly, should constantly be cultivated and deepened in our understanding. And perhaps there will always be a wide ranging levels of spiritual quality in many churches across the land. But when conceptualizing the church in our thoughts, it is important to remember that God's concept of the church is not easy believism. It's not a discount mark operation. But what he offers to mankind has unspeakable value. It is exclusive. It is the only place on earth that God is dealing with man in a personal and intimate way. His church has unspeakable intrinsic value and is of inestimable worth. Amen. I want to preach tonight about the the glorious, beautiful church of the living God. Amen. And it, we should so we that we so that we would never take advantage or never discount the the importance of the church of God in the 21st century. Amen. It is important to be reminded of its value. It is important to be reminded of its importance, amen, in our lives and in our world. And I will say from the onset of this message tonight that the church, amen, is the only hope for the world. Amen. It is the the visible representation of Jesus Christ in this world. Amen. As uh, we rewind the pages of history some 2,000 years, we can look to the person of Jesus Christ. And that was the visible expression, the visible manifestation of God in the world at that time. But we can, amen, move into the point in which we are today in 2017, the church, amen, in the dispensation of grace. The church is the visible manifestation of God to this world. And God's intent is to work through the church, amen, so that the world could see His glory, so that the world could see His power, amen. And it is my responsibility, amen, as a pastor of this church, amen, to treat the church as the bride of Christ and to see it be prepared for that meeting in the sky, amen. There are many analogies of the church in the Word of God, and we'll get to that in a few moments, amen. There are... 
uh, different examples in the Bible about a model for the world, a model of the kingdom of God in the world. And one particular model that we find in the word of God is the story of Solomon and Solomon's temple. Amen. The there was such a great attraction of Solomon and the, the things that he did for the house of God, for the kingdom of God. And all of the world looked to Solomon's temple. All of the world looked to that kingdom of Solomon as something that was beautiful and perfect and had all of the different uh, uh, attributes of something glorious and something beautiful such as the church is today. Amen. God intended this story of Solomon's kingdom amen to teach us the potential of the kingdom and to portray the perfection of the invisible pattern of God's kingdom to teach us the potential of the kingdom and what was the potential of Solomon's kingdom amen you look at all the things that transpired in the life of Solomon as he had that first and that early encounter with God as God spoke into Solomon's life and says, what is it that you want? I'll give you anything. Amen. What is it that you want, Solomon? And Solomon's prayer, Solomon's response was, God, just give me the wisdom that I need to lead this people. I feel so inadequate, God. Just give me the wisdom to lead this people. And I have prayed that prayer myself many of times. Amen. And I'm believing that God is going to give us the wisdom and give us the insight to see the abundant life center of Lathrop go forward and be that thriving revival church in the San Joaquin County. Amen. But the, the allure of Solomon's kingdom in the Old Testament is that uh, the, the glory of God was so pronounced in his kingdom and in the temple that Solomon built. So much so that the, the fame and the, the attraction went throughout all of the world so that there was a particular woman by the name of the Queen of Sheba. And the Bible records that the Queen of Sheba heard of the glory of Solomon's temple. Amen. We can study the geography and understand that the Queen of Sheba tra traveled from a land thousands of miles away from where Solomon's temple was. And when the glory of God gets to moving and gets to working in a particular place and in a particular group of people and God chooses to put His name on a particular group of people or place, amen, there is indraw. Amen. There's a power, amen, of indraw in the church. And what that looks like is as we begin to lift up the name of Jesus, as we begin to magnify Him, as we begin to come together with like-mindedness, there is a natural indraw from the outside. Right. And people will hear of the goodness of God and they'll heal, they'll heal of the glory of God and they'll be drawn to this place. Yes. And that is what happened with Solomon's temple. Amen. It was that visible, it was that perfection of the invisible pattern of God's kingdom. And that, that is a biblical model of what God's kingdom looks like in its pristine form. A sound theological approach is always to see the perfect invisible pattern or the exact essence of what a thing is and from there work backwards. In other words, a sound theological approach to the things of God sees the completed, uh, it sees the completed process. It sees the completed work of God in a person's life. That is why we preach so many times around here that it's so important that you come to the house of God so a preacher can preach. Amen. What a completed in the whole life looks like. And somehow in the midst of a preaching, you can catch a glimpse of what your life could be. In the midst of a preaching, in the midst of, a, of an old gospel service, you can catch a glimpse of what your life could look like. When you see, amen, when you see what God has in store for your life, and you start with the end, that perfect, that invisible pattern. Amen. Thus, the prophets of old, God's prophets, were considered seers. S-E-E-R-S. -E they could see things. They saw, they had a vision of what the completed job looked like. 
They saw the kingdom of Israel. They saw the, the church. They saw the different uh, vehicles through which God would use. And they saw that perfect and they saw that perfect end. They saw that perfect that completion of what God wanted to do. And they worked backward. And they said, this is what we need to do to get there. This is what we need to do to get to that perfect vision of what God has for us. My brother, Paul, studied engineering. And intertwined with engineering is connected architectural design. There's, there's different elements of that in architecture Amen. The architect sees a completed project. They see a completed building. They see what it could look like. They see it in its perfect essence. They see a building that uh, begins to uh, protrude from the ground in the midst of downtown. And they see what it's going to look like in all of its glory and all of its splendor. But others on the outside, they don't see the same. But if the architect could begin to communicate, this is what it's going to look like. This is what we need to do to get there. And they, they engage the work of an engineer. They engage the work of a business planner or a project manager. And they engage all the different roles and responsibilities of the resources that are out there, the human resources. Eventually, there will be that completed building. And here today, I want to preach and I want to remind us, amen, that there is yet more than what you're looking at right now. There is yet more that God has in store for this church. Amen. I can look out and I maybe see about 20 people tonight, 21 people, but in the eyes of God, amen, this building is full. Amen. In the eyes of God, it's already done. Amen. If we can get into his presence, if we can hear the preacher preach tonight, amen, there is a perfect plan that God has in store for this church. And I refuse to accept defeat on a Wednesday night. I refuse to accept the, the words of the naysayers that say it'll never be done. Amen. I want to be somebody that believes God for the mountaintop. I want to be somebody that believes God for complete victory, for complete deliverance. Hallelujah. I believe in that when God completes his work, he's begun in us. Amen. We will be that glorious, that beautiful church of the living God. And just as the story of the architect in the building, the architect visits the continual construction of the building. And perhaps they come to the construction site on a particular day and they see somebody doing something they're not supposed to. That's not how I envisioned the building to be. That's not what the architect envisioned the building to be. And so there's course corrections and there's necessary adjustments that have to be made to get it back to its essence, to get it back to the invisible pattern of perfection. Amen. And that's why we have the work of the ministry. Amen. As they stay plugged into the presence of God. And they, and, and as I approach this service tonight, as I approach every service tonight, I do so with prayer. And I say, God, what does this church need? And I pray and I seek the face of God. God, what is it tonight that we need as a church? I understand that there may be people going through problems and situations. And maybe it's a struggle to get to church. And maybe you're battling with fatigue and exhaustion and, and discouragement and all sorts of things. But I want to bring us back, amen, to, to home base tonight. That this is to be a glorious, beautiful church. Amen. This is to be God's, amen, His perfect church. Amen. We are not perfect, but we're striving for perfection. We're striving to be more like Him. We're, amen, we're breaking open the Word of God, the mirror of the Word. And we're saying, God, does my life line up with Your Word? God, I want... What you have. God, if I, in the course of my life, if I get off track, help me to get back. Help me to get back to that perfect pattern. In the realm of vision, amen, when we have vision and we see what God wants to do, vision stimulates the refusal to accept 
condition which fall below its measure or potential. When you have a vision and you see what God has in store for your life, to the young person, amen, that you have felt God speaking to your life of the great potential or the great anointing or hand of God upon your life. And then you're, you're faced with a substitute, amen, when you've got vision and when you've heard the word of God, amen, there is that refusal to accept, amen, the substitute because you've encountered the real. You've seen the hand of God work in your life. You've seen God move in your life. And when you're presented with substitutes and distractions, amen, there's a refusal to accept it because I've seen the perfect pattern of God for my life. And I'm preaching, amen, to a church, amen, that if you'll get in his presence. I'm preaching to a church tonight that if you hear this preacher preach tonight, amen, and you'll get that in your spirit, if you'll get that in your soul, I refuse to accept the substitutes Hallelujah. that the world will throw my way. I want to be the church. I want the real. I want the holy. I want the divine. Vision. Produces new standards for establishing the worth of things. For the congregation or the church of the living God. It's so important that you get to the house of God. So the preacher can preach about the vision for the church. And the church can, can hear it and receive it and embrace it in their hearts. It's in the church. Let me remind you, it's in the church. That you get the right understanding of value. It's in the church that you understand what has real value. Amen. If all you do is, is have the TV on all day long, if all you do is, is just look at the magazines that are on the new on the on the magazine stands and, and that's your source of information, amen. You'll have a twisted perspective of what is truly valuable. Yeah. But it's in the church. That we preach that the life is important. It's in the church that we preach it's important what happens on the inside of your soul. And not just, amen, not just uh, on the outside. It's important, uh, amen, that when you come to the house of God, you hear the, you hear the preacher preaching what is important and what holds value. Your soul holds value tonight. Hallelujah. And we should not just be chasing temporal pleasures and temporal enjoyments of life. Amen. Yes, there's a time to enjoy life and to enjoy some of the casual things in life and the enjoyments of life. But what really holds value is your soul and the direction that your soul is heading in and where you will spend eternity. And you get the understanding of value in the church. Thank you, Lord. Case in point, why don't we turn to the book of Psalms? The book of Psalms, chapter number 73. And it's a few verses of scripture, but I'm going to read it to show you the importance of getting to the house of God. And what happens when you're in the house of God and in the church. Truly God is good to Israel even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about, them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. This is talking about the wicked. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, this people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? The wicked, doing what they will, questioning the, the integrity, questioning the, the insight, the wisdom of God, questioning the very existence of God. 
And if all you do is just uh, uh, present yourself uh, uh, to be influenced by these these forces in the world, amen, you're going to be disappointed and discouraged and give up in despair. But if we keep reading the writer of Psalm 73, behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. I don't know if you've ever been discouraged and thought, man, I'm, here I am paying my tithe, giving my offering, and my friends have brand new Mercedes. And I could have that too if I didn't pay my tithe. I could probably have that too if I didn't give an offering. I've thought that before. But when I came back to the house of God, God began to show me what was true value, what held true value. The writer says, he continues, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. And when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Verse number 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. And the writer continues. But the point that I want to make tonight is when you get into the house of God, into the church, and you can see, amen, the, what really holds value. Amen. It is, it is the thing that will crown a person. It is a thing that will provide them with a true compass of what true north is. And what true south is. And true east and true west. But it happens when you get in the church. When you come to the house of God. And so many times we, we think. Why is it so important to go to church twice a week? Or why is it so important to be faithful to church? Amen. Because it's in the church that you get true understanding. Of what is valuable and what is invaluable. What really holds value. Is this word of God. Is getting to the house of God. You know what holds no value? Sports. No value. None. But when you get. In the house of God. You see what really holds value. Is your soul. And there is understanding that happens when you get. Into the house of God. Perfection and beauty. Are connected at the hip. And the process whereby one woos others into accepting the false for the real. Is temptation or seduction. Departing from the original is to lose some portion of the perfection of a thing. Thus where perfection is lost, distorted, twisted, shrouded, and so forth, to that degree the authenticity of the thing is lost. And also to that degree its authentic beauty is lost. Perfection and beauty. What's the connection? In the presence of God. In the word of God. You're more closely connected to what is perfect. And holy. And the further you separate yourself from the church. And you separate yourself from his presence. And you separate yourself from the word of God. The people of God. The further away you get from perfection. And the, for, the closer you get to distortion. I hope that makes sense tonight for somebody. Yeah. yeah. Perfection and beauty are linked. That's why the Bible makes references to the, the beauty of the Lord. Because it's perfect. His ways are perfect. Another element as we continue to move on very rapidly is the word holy. H-O-L-Y. H-O-L-Y, holy. To be holy is to be 
W-H-O-L-L-Y, is to be holy, the exact representation of what the thing in truth is. You can't be holy unless you're wholly given over to him. The church can't be what it's supposed to be unless it's completely sold out and surrendered to God. The idea of separation is connected because that which is holy is separated from anything which brings any possibility or degree of distortion. That's why inherent in holiness is separation from the distortions of the world from the entanglements of the world because I want to be like him. I want to be perfect like he's perfect. I want to be holy like he's perfect. But if I'm going to be perfect and holy, if I'm going to be pleasing to God, I've got to separate from the world unto him. I've got to be drawn closer to him. For this reason, the holy thing is set apart from all other things which have the potential to taint, to distort, or in any way cloud the perfection which is manifested through it and within it. Jesus in the New Testament makes a statement to consider the lilies of the field. And that statement reveals to us through modern Science of quantum mechanics that through layers of microscopic lenses, the lily is perfect down to the smallest fractal. He says, consider the lilies of the field. And he makes the reference to Solomon and all of his temple was not even arrayed like the lilies of the, like the, lilies of the field. Because the lilies of the field through through science, there's the studies that have taken place as they've looked at the lily of the field and they've broken it down through microscopic lenses and at, as they break it down to a more minute level, they see the same replica and it's still beautiful down to the very smallest element. But if you were to go to Solomon's temple and you were to, to micro, look at the, the gold walls and microscopic lenses, you would see scratches and imperfections But Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. They toil not. Yet Solomon was not arrayed like these in all of his glory. I want to preach tonight and teach tonight about a glorious, beautiful church. And my job as the pastor of this great church is that of a quote-unquote steward. A steward is one that protects or holds and trusts the holdings of one's master. A steward holds fast the form of sound words. According to 2 Timothy, a steward earnestly contends for the faith that was once delivered according to the book of Jude chapter 1 and 3. A steward, amen, according to Titus 1 and 5, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. He sets things in order. He contends for the faith. He he holds fast the the form of sound words. And according to Acts chapter 20, 26 to 28, amen, a steward is one that has not shunned to declare unto the people the whole counsel of God. Amen. I want to take this church higher tonight than we've ever been and realize that there's more that God has in store for us. Amen. I want us to continue to strive to get better and to get better and to draw closer to God. Amen. It's a sad day when we become complacent. Amen. With where we are and realize and we think within ourselves, well, this is all that God has. Let me tell you something, friend. There's more that God has for you. There is yet more that God has for you. There are, there are yet promises that are still unfulfilled in your life. Amen. God will do for you more than what you're looking at right now. Amen. God is perfect in all of his ways. Amen. And he never makes a mistake. And God has put his hand upon this church. God has put his hand on the families of this church and each and every one of us individually. And God never makes a mistake. Amen. God never makes a mistake. God has put his hand on this church and God wants to use this church as the 
gospel revival in 2017. Amen. The church is to be the vehicle through which God manifests His power in this world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There are many analogies of the church and the word of God. You can make the analogy of the church as a fine building. Or the church as Christ's bride. Or the church as a sheepfold or as a cultivated field. Or as Christ's spiritual body. But one of the things that should always come out from understanding the power of the church. In book of Acts chapter 2 and 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There should be growth in the church. When we're following the perfect pattern that God has for us. There is natural growth. Things that are not growing are in fact dead. And I want to be alive. I don't want to be dead and plucked up and dried and dried out. I want to be a growing, thriving revival church. And I want my life to be forever growing. That's right. Because as you are individually, so is your family. And as your family is as a group, so is the church. Amen. You have great influence in your family. And your family has great influence in the church. And this church it will allow God to have its way in their lives. Amen. This church will have great influence in this area, in this county, in this world. God wants this church to go up to another level. To go higher in Him. And I will tell you, man, we'll talk about some of these things on Saturday night at our business meeting. But we're doing everything in our power. We're doing everything possible. Amen. We're planning, amen, prayer and fasting. And we're saying, why don't you come out on Monday nights and pray and fast with us. Amen. We're planning Saturday night prayer. We're saying, why don't you come out and and pray and seek the face of God. Amen. We're planning youth events and we're planning men's and women's events and we're doing outreach and we're doing evangelistic things and we're and we're mixing it, we're mixing our faith with our works and we're doing everything in our power. Amen. But there has to come a point in time where you say, I'm going to get involved in it and I'm going to be a part of something great and something glorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. This church is to be the preeminent force in the San Joaquin County. Amen. If we'll allow God to move in our lives, if we'll hit our knees in prayer, if we'll seek the face of God, if we'll be faithful to the house of God and with our finances, amen, God will bless us so much, so abundantly that the world cannot help but notice a church blessed by God. Just a few days ago, I turned on social media and I make it a point on the church account that we try and follow a lot of evangelists and have that positive influence. And one of the evangelists that I looked at or the ministers, amen, recorded a particular video of the airport in Tel Aviv, which is in Israel. And on this particular video, there's a big group of young men that have just returned from a missions trip in another country And they're coming home. They're coming back to Israel. And they're in this massive circle in the airport. And they're they got their their arms around each other in this big circle and they're dancing and they're they're singing at the top of their lungs and the whole airport's just watching them. And the uh, this particular minister said that they asked them why are they doing this? And they said, We want everybody to see how great our God is. We want everybody to see how great our God is, how great God's been to us. We want them to see it. And that's that element that's interwoven throughout the word of God. Blessed to be a blessing so that in thee shall all the families of the world be blessed. So that when the world looks at the abundant life center, when the world looks at the church, 
Amen. They see a people that are set apart. They see a people that are blessed. And they walk into the into the doors of Abundant Life Center. And they see smiles, amen, from ear to ear. And they hear laughter. And they hear, amen, the sounds of people fellowshipping. And they hear people praying. And they see that's what it looks like. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. And so I'm trying to take the Abundant Life Center there. And show you a glimpse of what God wants to do in this church. And through this church. Amen. It is still the will of God in 2017 that this church go to another level. It is still the will of God in 2017 that we get a hold of God and we take the message of the gospel to our world. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we love you today. We love you today. We praise you today. Amen. There's going to be times, amen, in the course of this service or in the course of living for God that you're going to be challenged and you're going to hear something and maybe you don't like it, but if you'll say, I'm going to submit myself to God, I'm going to align myself with the Word of God, the closer you're going to come to perfection and beauty, amen, and you'll see the beauty of God shine in a person's life to the soul that is surrendered and submitted before God. That is why you can read about in the Old Testament Abraham's wife, Sarah. Sarah was a submitted woman. Sarah was the person that submitted to the authority of Abraham. She lived, amen, a submitted life. She lived a life surrendered to God. And the Bible records that she was the fairest of all in the world to look upon. So much so that Pharaoh of Egypt wanted to take her as his wife. Amen. And that is what happens when a church submits, when a church surrenders and fully throws everything in and says, I'm going to buy the whole field. Amen. It becomes a beautiful thing. Amen. It's beauty and perfection that are, that are connected at the hip, that are intertwined. As you come closer to the perfection of beauty, you come closer to the perfection of the Word of God. You say, I want to get that Word in my heart. I want to get that Word in my soul. I want to be more like Him. And you begin to get closer to God. And you begin to get nearer to that perfect being, that perfect man. Amen. Suddenly people look at your life and they see something of beauty. They see something that holds it. Amen. Tremendous value. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Old Testament records how that on a particular day, Moses ascended the mountain to talk face to face with God. And he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says that when Moses descended from the mountain, he came down. The people looked at Moses and were nearly blinded. They couldn't look at him. His face was shining like the sun. Light. Because Moses got in the presence of God. And as he spent time in the, before the presence of God and with God, he began to take on the character traits and the attributes of God. And as a church spends time before God in the church house, hearing about God and, and making course corrections, saying, I want to be what God wants me to be, and I want to get in His presence, I, I want to hear His voice, I want, I want to see Him for myself. Amen. There is a visible difference that the world will see in your life. There was a couple I remember years ago that I first saw it for myself. Bobby and Maria, they came years ago to church. My family will remember Bobby and Maria. They came, and I remember the first few times that they came, Bobby had scratches on his face, and you could tell they were fighting. And he looked, just mean, he looks just at that dark complexion, but it wasn't because his skin was dark, it was just darkness. I don't know really how to describe it. He looked sad and depressed, and, and Maria just had that, just that 
dissatisfied look on her face, that disappointed look. And I remember Bobby and Maria as they, they began to come and get a hold of God. And then I remember uh, the course of, you know, life, they, they moved away. And a few months or years went by, I didn't see, we didn't see Bobby and Maria, but I remember seeing them down the road a while. And I could hardly recognize them. Because Bobby and Maria had a glow on their face and a smile from ear to ear. And they were dressed, looking nice and presentable. And they were friendly. And I noticed a difference for the first time as a young person. I noticed a difference. Bobby and Maria, they got a hold of God. And you can see it. It's visible. And when this church gets a hold of God, and you get into the presence of God, and you say, God, I want to please you. God, I want to seek your face. And you spend enough time in his presence. People are going to look at you. And say, wow. What happened? What happened, Dimitri? You look different. What happened, Sister Didi? Something. You look better. It's different. Because the world sees the visible manifestation of God's presence. Yeah. In the church. Hallelujah. In the church. Yeah. The church is God's visible manifestation to this world. That's right. The church is the hope of the world. And it's so important that we never forget the role that we play. The church is one of the analogies is he's it's the, the body of Christ. And if the body of Christ, we're his hands, we're his feet, and we're reaching out. And if we fail to be the church, and fail to realize that we are his body, we're his hands and feet, who's going to touch the hurting in a women's shelter in French camp? Who's going to touch the hurting in Stockton, or Lathrop, or Tracy? Who's going to touch the hurting in your neighborhood? If you're not being his hands and feet and reaching out, if you're not shining a light on the path of your neighbors, who's going to do it? The church is something that's beautiful and glorious when it's in proper alignment with the Word of God. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? I want us just to take a few moments before we leave here tonight. And just begin to reach out to God. And begin to talk to Him. Come on, why don't we take a few moments just begin to reach out to Him tonight. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Lord, we need you tonight in this place, God. God, we need you, Jesus. God, I need your touch. I need your power. I need your spirit. God, my prayer tonight is God help us to be the church. God help us to be triumphant. God help us to be victorious. God help us to go forward in you. God help us to be all that you called us to be. God help us to go forward in victory and in strength, God. And in the might of your power, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would put your spirit in our hearts again tonight. God, I pray, Lord, you put your spirit in our hearts tonight and give us the strength that we need. God, help us to remember that we're a part of something great and powerful. Help us to realize our responsibility, the role that we play, God, for the things that we hold in our hands of tremendous value to our world. God, I'm praying right now, Lord, that your spirit would have its way in this place. God, I'm praying right now, Lord, that you would comfort, you would touch, you would strengthen, God, you would move in every life here tonight. God, I pray you would move in every family, every individual tonight, Lord.
Amen. I'd like for Amen. I'd like let me have your attention for a few moments. Amen. I'd like for all of us, if you would, to just come down to the front and we close in a word of prayer at the altar. Amen. We don't do a lot of altar calls, it seems like sometimes on Wednesday nights. Amen. It's not meant to be intimidating or meant to be some confession. It's not meant to be anything of that sort. But I want us to just join together at the front. Amen. Shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and our sisters. Amen. I want you to realize, amen, that you have people that are fighting for you. Amen. You have people, amen, that are determined just like you are to, to run this race, just like you are to live for God. And you're not fighting this battle alone, friend. Amen. You're not doing this by yourself, but you stand shoulder to shoulder tonight. Amen. I want us tonight, amen, all together to lift up our hands in this place and just worship God with a collective voice and just give our all to Him and say, God, we want to be the church, Lord, that you called us to be. God, we want to be a force for good in our world. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing, God, in this church. God, I want to be a part, Lord, of the driving force for good in the city of Latham and Stockton and Tracy and Give you the 